Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host, I'm your, what, what am I? I'm your host, Laura, and I'm here this week with Mia. Hello, you may know me as God on Twitter. And no Retta, because this week trying to get recording to happen has been a big old mess. Mostly my fault. I've been having a big old Aspie meltdown all day that has thrown things a little bit for a loop. It's fine. We're, we are a cast who all have a fun collection of mental and physical mm. things that occasionally can bump into each other. Mm. So, as a as a heads up, we are doing a mailbag episode this week. Uh, we have watched the episodes to do a standard episode, but we didn't want to do it without Retta, so mm-hmm. we're doing a mailbag, and I apologise in advance if I'm a bit this episode because I'm still a bit aspy weirdiness going on so forgive any you know weirdness that goes on this episode Come power through we're gonna make an episode for you it's gonna be great I'm sure everyone will understand we have very awesome listeners I know yeah also that was a more rambling intro than I normally give I'm doing the thing where I just talk and talk and talk and don't say anything of substance it's just the two of us so we need to be more rambling rambling is good we need to ramble and fill time so then the other person can do the thing that they need to do while the other person is talking and filling dead air. Thank you for making me feel less alone in my weird, overly rambling talking. Oh, that's fine. I do this when <laughs> I'm having one of these days. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be doing a bunch of mailbag stuff and tweets and emails and things of that nature today. We're going to be starting by doing a big old shout out to a couple of pieces of fan art we've had since yes. the last time we recorded. We have had some awesome fan art. I do love the fan art. Yeah, so in the last week we've had two really awesome bits of fan art since the last episode. Uh, one was from at Mike Draws on Twitter, who did the three of us uh, basically as if we were from the Mr. Greg episode of mm-hmm. Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the, the tuxedos on. We're, yeah, we're all in the tuxes under the spotlight during the Mr. Greg song, <laughs> and it's fantastic and lovely, and it, we retweeted it on Twitter, so if you go to at CrystalClodcast on Twitter, you can find it, or go find it at Mike Draws on Twitter, because that's who did it. It is incredible. Like, thank you so much for doing it. It's, it's so nice that you took the time to do that. We, we also had another really cute one, uh, literally like a day or two before recording this, from at LittleBluePoo on Twitter, <laughs> which I didn't realise that was the Twitter name until I started reading it, but I guess that's what we get. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, they, they made a piece of fan art that was the SoundCloud logo, but Peridot's face, and it was SoundCloud, and it's... It's all like shaded and in orange, like the SoundCloud thing, but it's SoundCloud and it's, it's Peridot. It's very high production. Like <laughs> it is a very, very nicely done thing. Like you look at it and go, "That is some real talent in terms of graphic design to get it that spot oh, on." Yeah. <laughs> for like, yeah, like that is such a clean, crisp SoundCloud logo. Yeah, I, I love it. I laughed very hard at this. Like, it's a, such a great joke, and the image goes so well with it. For both of these, I'm trying to work out what's a good way to use them. Um, yes. So typically when I tweet out the podcast, I tweet it with the first piece of uh, fan art we got, which was the Crystal Clodcast, uh, you know, trio mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably this week and then next week use these two as the, the episode tweets. Yes, that and good. if we get more, <laughs> we'll use those and we'll get to that at the end because we have a thing happening at the end of this mm-hmm. episode. That's a tease. Um, that's get, a tease. Get excited. So I'm going to start with the emails because they're the ones I have up because I didn't sort the t- scrolling the Twitter back far enough. So uh, I'll deal with that We're later. Uh, first email we have is from Josh Thompson. 
in the episode that showed what Connie and the others did uh, were doing at home during the human zoo, they tried mm-hmm. to take the tasks of each of the standard crystal gems. So this is a thing we've not seen yet, but we'll we'll get there eventually. It's, it's in the future. It's in the it's, it's in the future. We've but used they, future vision. We've used future vision <laughs> in a future episode. Basically, Connie, Peridot, and Lapis become. The fake crystal, mm-hmm. the new crystal gems, yeah. because the crystal gems are away somewhere. Um, do you think they were accurate for their placement? Um, is the first part of the question. So, as a reminder, um, let's have a look. Peridot is garnet because she wants to be garnet. Because she, I think, yeah, I think it's that she idolizes garnet, not that she is garnet. She's yeah. definitely not garnet like in no, any regard. No. Um, <laughs> That's an easy so one. So Connie being Stephen kind of works. Yeah. Um, she's she is a fighter as opposed to a defender. Like that's a pretty natural difference. She's the human. She is the human. That, I, I think that's one. half yeah. of it. Um, mm. And she is she's clearly the protagonist of those three. I yeah, think. I think so. Um, she's, she's always she'll had the most screen time by far of those ones. Yeah. Was, uh... So Lapis Lapis is amethyst, and I feel like I feel like Lapis amethyst. And Peridot Garnet should really switch places. Yeah. Like, Garnet is a difficult one to fill because she's such a unique character. Yeah. And she's. But a, it, she... if you, you could, like, boil her down to character who is serious and takes things seriously and wants to get the job done, which you could say Lapis. That's true. I definitely and think you could do that with Lapis. Peridot, a sort of childlike, silly, easily frustrated. Bit of a goofball. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't argue with that. I think that's definitely um, more amethyst. Clearly, the most accurate one is pumpkin being Pearl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is so such a thing that Pearl would do: go and bark at things yeah, and course. be a pumpkin. She's always doing that. Um, see, I could see Peridot being Pearl in a way, and that they are both very fussy. Like the episode where Pearl and Peridot kind of compete against each other. I think we see that although they're kind of hate each other in the episode they do kind of have a lot in common they're quite competitive they're quite quite arrogant in some ways so i think i could see them swapping positions too that i can i can see that i i would go personally would just switch lapis and peridot yeah but, uh, that works too i think yeah actually you could also swap connie and pumpkin because <laughs> connie would probably make a decent pearl Yes, and actually, she does pumpkin, have the sword. Pumpkin would make an alright Stephen. Yes, I think Pumpkin is ridiculous enough to come across as Stephen. Um, so the other part of the email is, um, which of the crystal gems would you each say you are if you only used the standard four? Um, I think both of us can agree that we're both a little bit pearl. Yeah, like this is something that we've talked about in the past. Like initially watching the program, I was like, oh, Amethyst is so fun. I can see myself in Amethyst. And Retha was like, no, I think you're Pearl. You you are like fussy and you kind of panic easily. Yeah, and it's like yeah. I I I cannot argue with that. Um, <laughs> neurotic, panicking, obsessive. Um, like also even in terms of build, I think we're both more <laughs> oh, yeah, Pearl build yeah. than anyone. We have the kind of slim, kind of little on the slim, tall side. Slim, a bit on the tall side. Yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all a bit pearlish, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think Retta can get away with being amethyst. I I think so. <laughs> She's got the height down, and I think the perhaps the volume, although maybe that sounds a bit mean, but I think Retta has the kind of energy that Amethyst does when Amethyst gets excited and animated. Mm. 
I'm sure that's what she'd say if she was here. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so let's have a look through other things. Um, okay. Thank you for the emails, by the way. We have got a lot to get. Yeah, through. we have. Uh, we have a bunch of them. We're not gonna touch all of them because some of them are things that we've uh, touched upon in later episodes of the podcast. Um, some of them are theories that we are leaving till a later point when they're slightly more applicable to talk yeah. about, I think. The, like, one of the first questions we got, I remember us thinking, this is a good question, but it's not a question it's, this episode. It's a, like, season five episode that just came out yeah. discussion. So we should so bump Some of there. these we're going to put aside until a better time, mm-hmm. but we have received all of your emails, we appreciate them all, and we're going to get try and get through as many as possible that... We feel like we have something we can say about them at this point, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a good way of putting it. Um, We do read every single email that comes in. Yeah, so uh, next email up we're going to go through is from Deem Basilio. I started watching Steven Universe almost a year ago today. A year ago I was diagnosed with a very rare, though benign, brain tumour that wrecked my pituitary gland. Between two operations and all the changes with my body, I was very anxious and depressed. It was only until I saw Steven Universe on TV in my hospital room that I started to lighten up. I started to watch every episode and caught up before Bismuth, and I noticed while watching these episodes I wasn't afraid anymore or depressed. Now one year later, with some anxiety issues due to my medication, I still need something to take the edge off, and hearing you all talk about the show that I've come to love really takes the edge off. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you all. And I just wanted to read that and just say thank you, Dean. It, like... We get emails like this sometimes. We've had a few like tweets and emails and things mm-hmm. of people who've said the show has been really helpful to them in one way or another. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that getting emails like this is really is really useful to us. Like we sometimes yeah, have really bad days, and knowing that something we made was in some way helpful to someone is really nice yeah. and it's really helpful it, and it can brighten a sad day a lot. It means a lot to know like this show that we're doing and kind of we put time and effort into and like we have fun with but it's really nice to know that on the other end there are people who really appreciate it and connect with it it's like that's amazing because that's like the best thing i could want from this is like for people to have like an actual connection it's so nice when we get reminded that there are people on the other end who enjoy what we do and that it has some value for people (laughs) it's not just the faceless internet that absorbs the file and that's it (laughs) it's so easy to to forget that there are people on the other end and just picture the blue yeti microphone between us (laughs) as the listener Mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like this blue yeti microphone is who we do the show for every week we tell them all about steven universe and they silently sit there and just just take it all in yeah um so also, I, i'm so happy that you were okay dean like that must have been really difficult to go through like, yeah exactly and like well done for going through it and for having such a good attitude about it and we think we think you're awesome so woo go yes, dean you are awesome dean and uh, next up we have an email from casey brown hi i love your podcast i've been listening since i heard about it on the jimquisition podcast I liked the Q&A episode, but I'm surprised that nobody's mentioned something so far. Amethyst was not part of the Gem Rebellion. In the episode Rose's Scabbard, Amethyst mentions wanting to have been in the battle, which triggers Garnet's comment about death and destruction. Later, when Bismuth is first revealed, Amethyst has no idea who Bismuth is. It seems like she was incubating all the way until after the Gem War. Uh, she probably missed being corrupted because she was underground and then later found, found by the Crystal Gems living in the Prime Kindergarten. Um, 
I think this is a really interesting one for us to touch on because we've not really acknowledged this. Like, we mm-hmm. acknowledge that Amethyst was sort of grown on Earth and that she wasn't around for a lot of what happened with the Crystal Gems. Yeah. But I think that something we've never really honed in on is the reason why she wasn't around in the war, but also is not aware of what other Amethysts are supposed to be like, is explained in law because she was cooking for yeah. too long. She spent too long in the oven. Yeah. She didn't come out her hole when she was meant to. She's basically, she's the pizza that you put in the oven and then forget about and it kind of shrinks and then comes out kind of, well, okay, this, this metaphor is going in a depressing place, but yeah, because she was in the ground. So presumably all the other amethysts came out and they joined the war and they left. But our amethyst was in too long, yeah. was in the ground for the whole time. Which is presumably why she wasn't corrupted, because mm-hmm. she was on Earth, but she was still not yet formed. Yeah, yeah. So that's a thing we hadn't ever really uh, honed <laughs> no. in on. Um, it's a good point, yeah. Like, yeah. I won't lie, I had honestly forgotten, like, that she does not recognise Bismuth. Yeah. That's... We, we kind of skirt around that ish- that topic a lot, but I don't mm. think we ever, like, honed in on it quite as well as Casey did, so... Yeah, because I think, in terms of timeline... The earliest that we know that Amethyst is around is that on the um, Dewey ancestor, um, like theatre, because yeah. Amethyst is the mop. And Pearl wrote that script, and so Pearl wrote Amethyst into it. That must be the earliest time Amethyst was out, which is still a long time, long, 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 long time after the Gem War, but still at least, like, what, 150 to 200 years before she met. Greg. Mm. Which puts a really interesting spin on something I'd never really stopped to think about before, which is the gem war ended, there were only three gems on Earth, uh, Rose, Pearl and Garnet, and then they stumbled upon a fourth gem still on Earth that they didn't know. That seems like it was such a fun that, episode. That seems like a really good episode. Like, mm. this idea of them... Stu- like Because the flip side of that is when Amethyst emerged totally alone there are no other gems Aww. around like she must have had to scour the earth to find another gem yeah i could see that definitely playing into her I could, issues i could of, see um, yeah like her sorry yeah go on i just like yeah like her, her issues of kind of um you know around like how she connects to other people and yeah. kind of loneliness and kind of pretending everything's fine but she has kind of this inner anxiety that must have been really traumatic to wake yeah. up and there's nobody there because the kindergarten is a scary place. It is. Um, and it explains why she made friends with the rock. Oh, yeah, because they didn't know there. Because there was literally no one there. She was completely alone. Yeah, so presumably... Because unless the crystal gems were at the kindergarten yeah. at that exact <laughs> moment, she just woke up to Aww. an empty world. Her only friend was the rock. I wonder, like, how long was she there just with the rock? I don't know, but I'm also now picturing her being best friends with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and I love that picture. <laughs> just her only friend was the rock. The rock, yeah. I could see that. I want a buddy cop series where it's Amethyst and, and the, the rock. rock. Yeah. They work well, I think. Yeah. Amethyst is kind of a goofy, fun one. She doesn't respect the rules. <laughs> and he's he's the badass that doesn't respect the, the rules either. They, they're a great pair. Yeah, nobody respects the rules in this program. Uh, so next email is from Mary. Mary Jane McNally, I hope I pronounced that okay, 
Dear Crystal Clodcast, if I hadn't made it obvious, you po- your podcast is my favourite and I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yay. Right. <laughs> As a result of my Asperger's, I've been overanalyzing media for longer than I can remember, so I've always enjoyed reviews more than the media itself, which is why I listen to episodes of Podquisition despite not playing video games very much. Can I just say, Mary, this is the same for me. I mainly consume media so I can talk about it. I like talking about media. Um... Steven Universe is my favourite show due to the complex plot and wide variety of characters. Um, my favourite human is Buck Dewey, and I don't know why. Where I really fell in love with the show was when Stevoni was introduced, because I always like androgynous and agender characters, as I've never really related to gender stereotypes and went to an all-girls school, so I spent far... far... sorry, word stumbling... Spent far too much of my life being judged by my gender and not by my skills or traits. Steven Universe is an accepting show, and I don't have a lot of that from anyone who doesn't uh, from anyone who doesn't know me very well. I emailed to suggest a solution to the Steven and the Stevens problem. We're going to get into yes. timeline paradoxes. <laughs> I love this stuff. Okay, to keep it simple, in some abbreviations of the many worlds theory. Uh, sorry, I got my emphasis wrong there. To keep it simple. In some interpretations of the many worlds theory, they say that we all only observe the version of events where we lived the longest, so that we're go- so since we're going by Stephen's point of view, or like Stephen Prime's point of view, we could just be seeing the version of events where Stephen lives the longest, and there is plenty of timelines for other people where the world does explode. So this is the theory that like because Stephen lives the longest in this timeline, this is the timeline that that exists. As right, far, like, yeah. for Stephen, this is the only timeline. Okay. Because this is the one in which he lives the longest, therefore, it is the only relevant timeline. Okay, that's an interesting theory. I had yeah. not actually come across that before. Yeah. that's It's an interesting one. Like, if, if this is the timeline where you exist the longest, therefore, for you, this is the timeline. The, yeah, so, like, for lack of a better word, inverted commas, it's the good timeline. I suppose so, where, yeah. Like, the bad... Horrible destruction, planet exploding yeah. things that like, do not happen. Um, also, a fun a fun thought experiment that I like to apply to Steven Universe is the musical virus theory, a theory proposed by by Cracked that in all musicals the songs are all diegetic and a sizable chunk of the population has some has some disease that makes them all sing along and hallucinate <laughs> into singing and dancing. Uh, it's been around so long that it's been normalised by the rest of the population. It's <laughs> It doesn't always work, but I like to think of it anyway. I, I like this idea, Cracked, that we are okay. all infected with a disease that makes us sing along to Steven Universe. The music Universe. disease. <gasps> Is this why you don't sing but me and Rata do? Is yeah, we've been infected and you haven't. I'm immune. I was born immune to the disease. You are immune to the musical virus. <laughs> um, I need to look that up. I've never come across that before. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Also, I just I want to like jump around. This yeah, is go, go, go. Of the email. Um... I've never heard of someone's favourite character being um, Buck before. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. They, they don't know why, but you don't necessarily need to know why. If they're your favourite, they're your favourite. Yeah, it reminds me of... It was an interview with a comic book writer. I can't remember which one it was. And they said that basically in... Well, they were talking about comics, but they were saying in comics, when you've got so many characters... Yeah. Every single character has someone out there who's like, that's my favourite character. Yeah. And I find that really interesting. And I'm sure it's the same mm-hmm. with Steven Universe. Like, I'm sure this... So, I'm, I'm having a recent moment with this with Steven Universe. Sure. Where, like, 
I've recently developed a real love for uh, for sour cream. Okay. And like part of that <laughs> is because we've just watched the uh, the culmination of his Let Him Be a DJ arc. Mm-hmm. But like, not only is he super like my my recent love of sour cream can sort of be boiled down to. He is a very loving, supportive friend who is very positive. He encourages the best in people. I have a lot of ways in which I relate to him in terms of storyline about absent dad and stepdad and coming around to being like, hey, stepdad is better than bio dad. Yeah. And <laughs> then I think about it, I'm like, that does I, fit your life. I, I like the aspiration stuff as well, that he really mm. aspires towards this career that isn't realistically, like, most people wouldn't consider it a viable career, but... He has a passion for it, and he's clearly good at it, and he does it regularly. I'm like, go you! Yeah. Let, I'll let you be a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, like, nobody really encourages him to be a DJ. Like, it's yeah. it's very, like, an internal passion project. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's actually quite inspiring. Like, there's part of it that you can maybe put down to absent father who was in the music industry, and if I get into doing music, maybe dad will love me, but, but that's... Yeah, it could be let's not touch that <laughs> rabbit hole That's the darker side of this part. Um, but also, like... I was thinking recently, I really like the fact that uh, if we skip ahead to one of the much newer episodes, mm-hmm. um, the one where um girl that works at the Big Donut, completely forgot her uh, name, Sadie. Sadie, yeah. Um, where Sadie goes to the cool kids party and she brings plates. Oh, uh, yeah. She thinks they're going to be really disappointed with plates. And it's this really nice humanising moment where he like throws glow sticks and celebrates. <laughs> and it's a really practical thing because... He's excited because he's a student living in a student house and, like, we have this food, We practi- like, on a practical sense, we didn't have plates and now we don't have to wash up and this is a thing <laughs> I like. And he just got so enthusiastic for yeah. her. It's like, don't be sad, you did a cool thing. Yeah, I love how all the cool kids are just incredibly supportive and open and just like, yeah, no, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I, I wish I had friends like that when I was younger. Like, I had, like, horrible I, friends as I a wish teenager. I had a friend who told me that I could be a DJ. Yes. <laughs> who threw glow sticks to celebrate things yeah. happening. So, that that is that is the Parallel Universe episode, uh, mm-hmm. email. Uh, also, a quick note on that email. Um, same gender schools are a horrible, horrible idea. Oh, God, yeah, they are. Like, I, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Because, yeah, yeah I, I thankfully avoided them, but, like... I had family and friends who went to them and did not have a good time. I almost ended up in an all-male school. That wouldn't have been fun. I'd have been eaten alive. (laughs) Well, yeah, what happened to me in primary school is that literally, like, every single friend I had, apart from, like, one person, was going to the single gender schools. And I was like, well, I would definitely, definitely rather not go to the single gender school. I'll go to the third option, which is the mixed gender school. But that meant that I went with basically no friends because this other friend who I went with was put in like the other group when like the other group to what I was putting when we joined. So I Mm. basically had an incredibly lonely time at school where I knew nobody because all my friends went to the other schools. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, just personal aside. That's alright. Also, before we move on to the next email, I do want to pick up a tweet that I just saw that I think is fantastic, sure. which was in reference to the drawing of us being in the Mr. Greg episode mm-hmm. that we're going to discuss next episode, next Claudecast episode. Someone tweeted in response to it, 
this podcast I found wasteful is actually quite tasteful. <laughs> and it made Aww. me chuckle, but also... Our podcast is not tasteful. Last week, I think, we talked about Amethyst being into scat. Yeah, there are some terrible, terrible things that uh, many of us have brought up at the time. I'm still haunted by the thing I said about Ruby and her kind of accidental discharge. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Let's let's move on from that one. Yeah, uh, that's not tasteful. uh, But thank you. I like the rhyme anyway. Next uh, email we have is from Josh Thompson. Uh... Dear Laura, Mia, and Retta, who is not here, we're very sorry, Josh. Retta is here in spirit. Here in spirit, but not in a tangible form that you can hear her on the air. (laughs) Um, She is a ghost. Oh my god. I liked the questions episode. It was nice to hear you talking about uh, about the fans of the podcast. I especially liked being mentioned. Um, Well, you just been mentioned again. Hooray, you made it on (laughs) twice in a row. Um, If you had to do one or the other, I would prefer you do the normal podcast. I agree. I like my preference is for the standard episodes where we talk through like what's happened yeah. in each episode. Like these these are a nice thing to do for audience engagement. They're also a very functional thing mm-hmm. that we do when we as a household full of varying yeah. disabilities and mental health needs need to yeah. mess things around a bit. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's good for like like in the past kind of look behind the curtain there have been times where we've thought we want to do an episode we just do not have the time or the health yeah. to kind of watch and record but we can sit down for an hour and blast an episode yeah. out so. so i might do the thing that i spoke to you about before we recorded and just give a bit of background for my weirdness about sure podcast. yeah go for it Clodcast is a weird show for me in that because it's the only podcast i do that has two components where we watch and then we record and that's two things as someone with Asperger's, um, I find myself getting really stuck into loops of we did the watching, therefore the watching is done, therefore that episode's half complete and I have to finish it. And that causes some problems when one person in the house can't record for whatever reason, and then I start stressing about that, and it plays into some weird loops of things like oh, I, my brain won't let me skip a week because I already watched, watched the episodes. I'm already half done. I can't now skip it. Mm. I can't do Clodcast. Uh, I can't do the mailbag because that's not the one I plan to do. We plan to do a normal episode. And I can't do it without uh, one of the members because we do it with them and that's planned. Mm. And they watched the episode, so yeah. I have to record with them because they watched it. And that becomes a cycle I get stuck and locked in in my head. So that's what the mailbag episodes often end up being, is like, things have happened and my brain doesn't want to let us skip a week, so I insist we do a thing and Mm -hmm. listener engagement is as good a thing as any to do. Yeah, well I think, I have mentioned um, in the past, like off the air, I personally like the idea of peppering listener email episodes kind of around, because we are heading to being up to date. Yes. And I think feel like it's better to throw these episodes in and amongst rather than... To put off the inevitable? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. That's that's absolutely one part of it. With the other part being that I think it's better to do it this way and kind of we interact with listeners kind of 
almost in time with them sending emails rather yeah. than rather than getting up to date and you, being like you say almost in time most of these emails we've done so far are four to six weeks after they were sent that's true but think of how much worse it would be if we got up to date and then we're just like that's, let's cover everything all yeah. at once from the very so, beginning yeah basically for questions episodes they are as and when they don't have a set schedule because like we mainly slot them in. It's like, oh, things have happened in the house and we can't record, but we want to record. Yeah. This is a good time to go and do the listener engagement yeah. stuff. Like, for instance, there was like a couple of weeks ago, I got given a um, NHS uh, gender clinic appointment, like oh, um, 250 miles away with a day's notice. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't think I can record because I need I need to literally spend yeah. a day travelling up. We, we announced that week that we weren't doing an episode but and we then somehow anyway. we did one anyway. <laughs> I don't know how we pulled That's that because off. I realised that I could travel 250 miles up and 250 miles back in a single day and it was exhausting and really stressful and really expensive but I did it and we got an episode Mia out. would travel 500 miles <laughs> and Mia yeah. wouldn't do it again because it was terrible <laughs> just to be the one that attended the gender clinic. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So, some some kind of proclaimers <laughs> spoof. Um, so yeah, as as again, Josh's email does continue and be like, I like the idea of you doing a, the these episodes when you have the time or whenever you don't have time for the normal episode, as was stated as the case for the last time that yeah. we did one. Um, so like, hey, but, if if sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. in, but if. I didn't have to work and I made enough money, then we would be a lot more flexible. Is this you pitching your Patreon? So, I have a Patreon, (laughs) which is patreon.com forward slash Mia Violet. And if I get approximately 500% more donations, then I could probably quit my job. So, I'm just saying it would be a lot easier to plan these episodes if I didn't have to work. I'm just saying, okay? So, to finish Josh's email, uh, yeah, if it outright had, had replaced um, replaced episodes, like, for, like they, they would find that a little upsetting. I'm like, yeah. I get that. Like, I think it's not the kind of thing to do instead of a normal episode. I mm-hmm. think it's a, it's a, we can't do a normal episode, we still want to bring you content, this is a good time to yeah, do Yeah, it's, it's not, here's a mailbag instead of an episode, like, discussion. It's, here's a mailbag instead of nothing. Yeah, and we would rather bring you some content yeah, than none, because exactly. as someone that likes enjoying content myself, I like it when the content happens, <laughs> even if it's in a slightly different form. Yeah. It's nice to still have content. So, uh, thank you very much. Next email is from Ronaldo Castillo. Which secondary character do you feel has had the best development so far? Okay. Now, this email was sent on the 16th of May, uh, my answer oh. <laughs> might be slightly different because uh, since then we've had some development for a character. Mm-hmm. Um, my gut wants to say Lars. It has to be Lars, doesn't it? I can't think of anyone I, else. So Lars has had like a really interesting arc in terms of his relationship to other people. I'm trying to think if there's anyone... Actually, you know who my secondary answer would be? Hmm. Ronaldo, not because the show has developed him, but my under, but because my understanding of the character has developed. That's a good way to answer this. Question. I I feel that he's, I guess his character he does have character development because mm-hmm. his character develops through rewatching the show and when they add new Ronaldo episodes, 
or they add new episodes that play into earlier Ronaldo episodes. Yeah. It retroactively adds more development to earlier scenes with him that we kind of wrote off. Yeah, I would say that the same thing happens with Onion. Yeah. In that Onion is a character at first who just seems to be kind of like, he's weird for the sake of weird, like in his very first appearance. Yeah. And then very quickly it's like, oh wait, no, there's a lot more going on here. Like, it's, he's not this throwaway comedic character. And like, it all kind of yeah. blows up in the episode when we see his friends and then it all clicks. Like, it's- oh, okay, he's a... F- like a really interesting character he's just communicating in a different way to everybody else yes uh also there is an onion thing i feel the need to mention and i know that someone brought it up to us it's either on the twitter or in the emails and i will probably end up at some point during this mailbag finding that email or tweet and being like ah you're the person (laughs) so if it's you i know that you told us this we didn't make this up and we will hopefully credit you later in this episode um the point that there was a theory for a long time, apparently, within the fandom oh. that Onion was a gem, mm-hmm. uh, that, that Onion was a crystal gem. And the reason why the Onion, like the giving birth to Onion tape happens, was apparently directly a response from the creators to be like, Onion was born <laughs> from a human. Yeah. Onion is a human yeah, and not a gem. And like, being a gem is not why Onion is behaving yeah. this way. Yeah. So apparently that's why we get the really bizarre... Yeah, which is cool. Like, yeah. it's this subtle way to kind of directly talk to the fans for a second and be like, here you go, sorry, that's here is, not right. Yeah, you're not right on this theory, you're going down the wrong tree, here is some evidence for yeah. you <laughs> that fits in with the whole thing we're trying to do while Onion is weird, mm-hmm. and that's what they... Even if that's not what the character becomes, at the time it was definitely just... Silly old onion yeah. doing strange like, things. He's making Stephen uncomfortable. Yes. Isn't that amusing? Uh, so I'm I'm gonna say maybe Ronaldo. I'll answer your question and say Ronaldo's possibly <laughs> had the best development because his layers on rewatches yeah, and absolutely. it's oh like his relationship with his brother and his relationship with Lars. Like I, yeah. I think that's fleshed him out the, really interesting. The as ways well. that they all dismiss him have really interesting development when you start realizing how correct he is about mm-hmm. some things. I do wonder if there is an episode coming where they where he predicts he predicts something that they brush off and then that episode it happens and they're like, oh maybe we should pay more attention to you. I hope that happens. Um, I feel like he deserves that at this but, point. But also with like without going into specifics of like that really new Stephen Bomb mm-hmm. um Lars. Yes, Lars. Lars. <laughs> Lars. Lars. <laughs> Lars is, like, if we're doing this on a purely, like, scientific kind of fact-based, who has developed the most, it has to be Lars. Yes. But who has ha- has developed in the most interesting and layered way? Perhaps yeah. Ronaldo. Yeah. So, uh, next email up is from Shadow Chow. And this is a lengthy email, um... You've read these emails in advance. Do you know how to summarise this email? Um, okay. Um, <laughs> let me just check. This is the email that talks about Rose and what Rose's potential role is. I bet you can't tell I'm currently reading this email. Okay. <laughs> Should I just start reading the email? We'll, we'll do it that way. It's not that long. We'll, we'll get um, through it. So we can skim down bits if you like. Just Okay. Uh, hello, podcasters. I've been binging on your series for two days now and I'm on episode four. Hooray! It's going to take you a while to get to this one. Although this was May 25th, so you've had a month to catch up to here. Yeah, you, you this might be a nice surprise for you, maybe, when we we recorded this exactly a month after you sent mm-hmm. it. Um, 
had to start writing this because while you were debating what a rose quartz might have been, I have my own theory. I don't really have any proper evidence and would like this to be true for the sake of writing stories as a hobby and it's a thing that that this person likes. Um, I think that, just to cut in, like, I think that's yeah. cool. Like, I am totally interested in, like, theories that are... Not because I know you can get kind of the mindset that a theory has to have kind of um, foundation in the show and have to have lots of evidence. I'm all for just kind of going out there. Like, I mean, if we look at Steven Universe, some of the things that they've gone in, like with Lars, you could never really predict. So I'm completely cool with like, let's just talk about these wild ideas and maybe they're true, maybe they're not, but it's fun to discuss. Yeah. So the theory they have starts off with something that I think is probably right based on like the Stevens Tears stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. A medic seems to be a very good fit for Rose's role within society, obviously, because that, I feel like that's maybe not what her role in society was, but it's a thing that she realized she could do. Like the, I, the, theory, the theory here is that Medic was the primary role, which I personally don't subscribe to, but it would be interesting because that would suggest, I guess, that one Medic going rogue ended up with all the Medics being bubbled. And that yeah. seems like a really poor strategic move for the Diamonds <laughs> to be that vindic. Although that, that could work. Maybe they are that vindictive that they would rid themselves of medics despite one... Yeah, that's that's what I think oh, because... This that's interesting. Of... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. We looped back around to that. I was like, I don't agree with this. Although... <laughs> Maybe I do. Yeah, because I see this tying into um, what's the use in feeling blue in that Yellow Diamond is kind of like, what are you doing? You have an army. Like, use it. And I wonder if that is part of Yellow Diamond saying... Roses have uses, and they are practical, and we need them, but you are letting emotions take over, and you're bubbled all of these roses when we need them. So maybe Blue Diamond is making a decision from emotions, and is kind of hindering the homeworld army through Mm. her emotional decision? Yeah, so the the way the theory goes on, and I'm sort of paraphrasing a lot of this, is looking for roles in an army that are currently not filled within... Uh, this, the world as we've seen it is the idea that roses might have been employed as infiltrators because as medics they're able to get very close to people and be like no it's okay I'm healing you also while I'm here <laughs> information mm. and I think that's an interesting idea I don't I agree with the point that uh, the emailer said at the beginning of this email that there's not really much evidence for it but I th- it's a cool idea Go ahead yeah. with your, your fan theories. I like it because, I mean, we, we haven't really seen any type of infiltrator type unit that I can think of. And if we know that the gems have colonised other worlds. So presumably they have interacted with other races. And the idea of needing a unit that could infiltrate a planet and kind of get the lay of the land and maybe interact with them and find out what's going on. That makes sense to me. I could see that. Sure. Definitely. Uh, also, they end their email with just Claude as a shout, <laughs> which is, you know, a it's good way to end the thing. Yeah. Um, so next up we have a nice, much shorter email from Dennis Turkowski. Ter- 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 
Dennis Tchaikovsky. I hope I pronounced that right. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at pronouncing names, so like I'm good to like kind of let you take just it. Let just let me t- to let me you know be the one to drop the ball. I will 100% drop the ball. Like I will not even be able to pick up the ball. Okay. Uh, you mentioned that Vidalia and Amethyst probably started hanging out due to Amethyst being more active as the... Uh, yeah, stopped hanging out due to Amethyst being more active as a crystal gem because mm-hmm. of the corrupted gem stuff. But the rounding up of corrupt- corrupted gems must have been happening since the end of the war. Um, I think it's way more... Again, obviously with a logical decrease because there's going to be less and less corrupted gems to deal with as you go on over time yeah. because you've bubbled a bunch of So them. they're more spread out. Um, hard to find. Which is a really good... Point and probably does mean that our theory is probably a bit wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's way more likely that Amethyst had to, and maybe also wanted to be more of a caregiver after Rose's death, as one of their most vital uh, members and leaders perished. So, this is interesting as a reading, because it suggests that Amethyst was very like, oh, Rose is gone, there is this kid now, oops. And that that was her reason for not hanging out with Vidalia, which would be interesting because it seems at odds with the version of her character we see when Stephen is grown up, I guess. I could see that because the way I see it is that before Stephen came along, Amethyst was kind of the baby. She was the little yeah. kid. She was the toddler. And mm. I could see like, oh, new babies arrived. I need to kind of grow up a bit near. You, I need to be the big sister. You know what? Adds some fuel to that fire. Mm. It's the extended intro that starts with like baby Stephen in the back of the the, yeah. the van and Amethyst being sort of what is it she says? Uh, we'll we'll like it even if it's bad. Yeah, and it's that sort of like hey I'll look after you. It's 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 cool. You're cute. And I just think actually that might be right. That yeah. maybe it was either Stephen's birth or Stephen moving in with the gems that necessitated her. Kind of, yeah, changing her focus. Growing up like, slightly, at yeah. least until Stephen grew up a bit. Mm. Also, possibility, Garnet and Pearl are the two most adept at going out on missions, therefore they were the ones going out on missions <laughs> while Amethyst stayed home looking after yeah, the baby. she was the, the babysitter. Yeah. Which, I could see that. The big, yeah. the big sister babysitter who's given responsibility to look after the kid. Makes sense. That's, that's a possible one, so... Uh, I like that. Thank you, Dennis. That was um, a good point. Next, we have one from... Oh, I'm going to pronounce this name as best I can. I apologise that I am a terrible, uncultured swine that doesn't know how to pronounce um, other countries' names. Um, Jiro Dryson. Jiro Dryson. I hope I got that vaguely right. Feel Um, free to tweet us with pronunciation so we can correct it in a future episode. So... Uh, this email's slightly less Steven Universe and a little bit adjacent. Um, I think it's a, a lot of us talking about the trans man Lars theory that brought this up. Yeah, I, I think um, this was when I think we were briefly talking about representation of gender nonconforming. Oh, uh, was this possibly Steven on stage in the dress? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be one of these points that came up. Uh, have we seen Star versus the Forces of Evil and the possible trans main character who wears dresses to inspire locked up princes? So, have either of us actually watched this show? Well, a couple of years ago, I saw this show advertised and was like, that looks super cool, I want to watch that. I watched, I think, literally one episode. If anyone's seen it, it was the episode where someone from another country moves in with the family and Star doesn't like them and, like, they're... like, I don't want to spoil it, actually. Either way, I found it really funny and really entertaining, and I was like, I'm going to watch this. Mm-hmm. I then 
forgot. <laughs> this is, yeah, until I brought up this email. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I really want to watch that. The problem for me has been, um, I've not stopped to look where I can watch it. And yeah. It's, it's kind of on my list of, I'll get to this. We have a time. few shows that's a household that are on that list for us. <laughs> what I will say is I read this email and I went and uh, went on YouTube and searched um, Star versus the Forces of Evil trans theory or yeah. something to that effect. I found a 15 minute long cut oh, okay, of clips cool. that was 15 minutes of... Oh, yeah, you're coding this character as, as trans. Yeah, you're doing that. So cool. if there's ever a character in an animated show, possibly more so than Lars, that I would be like, <laughs> this show is entirely building up to trans main character, I feel like it's it's Star versus the Forces of Evil. So if you like shows where there are like potentially headcanonable trans main characters... <laughs> Star vs. the Forces of Evil seems like a good place to start. <laughs> from that one episode I saw, I can recommend it. Assuming they're all as good as um, that one episode. From the 15 minutes of random clips I saw, ooh, that character's trans. <laughs> there you go. So Star vs. the Forces of Evil gets the Clodcast thumbs up. The the, the kind of ill-informed <laughs> Clodcast <laughs> thumbs up. Um, next one we have is from Chris Bishop. Uh, cre- greetings, Clods. First off, love the show and your analysis of the series. Thank I know you. this is a long way off topic-wise for the show, but I need to get this theory out to someone... Someones? Who might care? <laughs> With the latest Stephen Bomb, it seems clear that Rose did not actually shatter Pink Diamond. Should we... Mm, should we maybe leave this one for a later mailbag, actually? We could. I... Yeah. Like, I... Th- yeah, this is getting very into theory stuff about the diamonds, which I think is maybe worth leaving until we get close. Oh, yeah, there's some white diamond stuff in here. Yeah, okay, so uh, I, sorry, I failed Chris. to scan this one uh, scan this one first. Uh, Chris, we have read your email. We've got it. We're g- definitely going to talk about it because I know which theory one this is and I want to talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe next mailbag or the mailbag after, but we have your email and it's definitely going yeah. to get discussed at some point. So, like... To Look, be continued. To be continued, Chris. For anyone that's not Chris, sorry we started an email and didn't finish it. This is what happens when it's half past ten at night and I've been like Aspie meltdowning all day and I'm not on top of what I'm it's doing. It's fine. I mean, everyone who listens knows we're kind of the kind of fun and kind of just see your pants kind of show. Oh, another email from Ronaldo Castillo. Mm-hmm. Castillo. Uh, do you happen to have watched the Steven Universe shorts and do you plan to review them? I think we talked about this in a recent main episode, but we do plan to watch them. We're probably going to watch them all at once, the season two shorts and the season four shorts, possibly at the end of season four? Yeah. Possibly if we have a week where we don't have time to watch a set of full episodes, but want to just do a quick... Something, This yeah. might be another one that we slot in in the sort of way that we do um, the, the listener episodes, the mailbags. Mm. That we might do, hey, we watched the shorts and spent 45 minutes talking about them and no longer because that's all we needed. Yeah, that sounds sort good. Sort of thing. To answer the first part of the question, I have not actually seen them. You've not seen them? I oh. feel like I might have seen the fusion one. Like, this yeah. one about Lion, I've definitely not seen yeah. that. So, yeah, I was describing some of the summaries of them to you and there were definitely some you weren't aware of. Yeah. I think some of them are important, um, and we probably should have got to some of them sooner than now, because the fusion one is interesting, because it's the basis of the whole additional heights and eyes and limbs yeah. thing. 
Um, and we could probably have done with clarifying what the rules are for additional limbs and height yeah. with fusion. But we'll, we'll get there. We do intend to watch them. Mia hasn't seen them. I've, I thought I'd seen them all. Turns out I hadn't. Now I have. Uh, there was one in season four that involves um, Stephen giving a guitar lesson with a new song he'd written just oh, for that. Oh, yeah, because the song is on the soundtrack, isn't and it? And we stumbled across it on the soundtrack and we're like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, this is incredible and heartbreaking and... Yeah, it's this really sad song about, like, depression, and then Stephen doing a talk in the video about, like, hey, sometimes I don't know how to express my feelings. Yeah. Um, so we definitely want to talk about the shorts. We will get there. It's part of the pile of material we will eventually discuss. Mm, along with the uh, comics and the oh, books. And yeah. We've got things we'll get to once we've got... Um, once we get through the, the standard episodes, we have things we want to do as well, yeah. so... We, we have plans. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we will do the shorts. Um, okay, this is a theory from Kyle Badzvik. Badzvik. Mm-hmm. Kyle Badzvik. Badzvik. I've given it a bit of a, an accent when I've said that, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's the only way I can work out how to pronounce Badzvik, yeah. and I feel kind of bad about that. Do you um, feel Badzvik about that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle, for, for doing that to you now. Uh, Fan of the podcast, after listening to it and catching up on the recent season five episodes, I think the theory you guys posited that Pearl may have shattered Pink Diamond instead of Rose and Rose took the blame seems more likely than ever. One thing it got me thinking of, however, is for for that to work, the Crystal Gem Pearl... uh, is, Is the Crystal Gem's Pearl a pearl that used to belong to Pink Diamond? And if so, why does she not share the colour scheme of the other two pearl, like the other two pearls do? So, like, why is our pearl not pink if she was Pink Diamond's pearl? Yeah. Um, but then if she mimicked Rose Quartz, uh, wouldn't that form look all white uh, that wouldn't fool anyone? So here's Kyle's theory. I don't think gems see colours. Their names and gemstones tend to go on... Uh, to, go, to be one and the same. They might not know what pink or yellow or blue actually are. Like, other than them being the names of things. That's interesting. Um, I've not come across this. Yeah. Like, I, I, they, they point out, like, rubies generally aren't super smart, but Amethyst was able to fool them that she was a Jasper, even though she was still purple. Um, now, I will posit there that they maybe just thought she was an off-colour ama- uh, an off-colour amethyst. Yeah. Or an off-colour garnet. Because we've seen off-colours do exist mm. within that facility. We saw off-colour amethysts in there. Yeah, I have a, a, a um, theory to go. I don't know if you want to continue. Or I'll, I'll, I'll try and get through the rest of it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the theory goes, if they don't notice colour, then possibly Pearl shattered Pink Diamond and went unnoticed because difference in colour wasn't a factor. Yeah. Um, so, they Kyle points out he can't think of a time that any of the gems have described something using their colours. Which, off the top of my head, I can't. There might well be in the transcript somewhere, but I can't think of a time they yeah. acknowledged colours um, other than the diamonds that have names. Mm-hmm. Which seems like the big piece of counter-evidence is are they called blue and yellow diamonds because you can see that they are blue and yellow. Yeah, like two like, that two, would be my, so far. That would be my argument, is that they mm. can see them. Um, but yeah, like because they're beings made of light, light might struggle to see light. Okay, yeah. That, I can see that. Um, yeah. The, the thing that comes to my mind with this 
It reminds me of how there's been research done into different cultures um, across history have perceived colours differently. Because isn't there something in, oh gosh, I really don't know what it is. It's like the Odyssey or something, where the sea is described as the colour of wine or something. And there are some cultures where the sky is described as green um, rather than blue. And the explanation isn't that, oh, it's not that these people see colour differently. It's more that they perceive colour differently because of the culture around them. And I wonder if gems can see colour like they're not colour blind but they don't really like focus on colour they don't kind of consciously absorb yeah. it because that would make sense as to why the crystal gems were able to pretend to be humans and the rubies did mm. not think anything like that's an interesting <laughs> oh we brought it back we got it back on on maybe like sophie sapphire that's, that's what they were referring to by the rubies not being too smart in the email is they didn't realize oh, that they yeah. were they weren't human while they were all different colors i'm, I'm glad we worked out <laughs> that yeah ah uh, there we go yeah so i'm thinking Maybe it, it is that they they just don't notice colour. It's there, but they don't really notice it. Yeah. So it's maybe a conscious thing to have to note. Yeah, because like Blue Diamond and Yellow Diamond, for instance, may not have like taken the names Blue Diamond and Yellow Diamond. Perhaps whoever created the gems. Like, oh, is this the theory they were created by <laughs> well, someone again? Well, I think it, like, maybe like they were named. You are named Blue Diamond. You are named Yellow Diamond. <gasps> mm. Not, oh, I'm a diamond and I look blue. Therefore, I am Blue Diamond. That's fair. Um, so moving on to another email, we've got one from Terence Granger, and I will note at the beginning they said to use their full name because then they get to totally brag about it to all their friends. So, yeah, uh, you get to tell everyone like at work or yeah, at college Ter- or wherever you live, because I don't know how old you are. Terence Granger's friends. Terence Granger, pretty cool person. Mm-hmm. Cooler yeah. than you, cooler than you. <laughs> yeah, I, it, you want to be as cool as Terence Granger? Email the Crystal Podcast, <laughs> and then maybe you can be as cool as your friend Terence. Yeah, because that's what we are. We, we like give out coolness to people. Yeah, t- t- let's 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 pile on the coolness. Terence Granger, you are now the unofficial extra member of the Crystal Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you're here in spirit on every single episode. Even yeah. the ones like before you sent this email, you were yeah. there. That's we've, how cool you ne- are. We've never mentioned it before, but like the ghost of Terence Granger is always sat at the mm-hmm. the table with mm-hmm. us recording. Absolutely. Yeah. Terence Granger doesn't say much on the show, but you know. No, but they're they have, there, a, they have a quiet there. confidence. Like, they just, they just know. And they we they look add at to the show by. Yeah. We feel better because they're there. <laughs> okay. We should probably get on with uh, Terence's email. Probably. Um, hey, everyone. I love the Crystal Clodcast. I've been listening from the first episode. Always love hearing you talk about Steven Universe. There was something important, but also kind of minor, that you missed when talking about the episode Fusion Cuisine, and it wasn't brought up in the first Jamie's mailbag. In Fusion Cuisine, when Alexandrite separates at dinner, there's a few frames where you can see Ruby and Sapphire um, during the unfusing. Um, While they're on screen for only a split second, if you freeze frame and look frame by frame, they separate quickly reach out, hold hands, and fuse back into Garnet before they hit the ground. It's only minor, but it's a really nice nod to how well planned out everything is in the show. Only noticed it myself after a few rewatches, and I was already aware of Ruby and Sapphire. I think that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm um, like, I wasn't watching this show as it aired, but 
have it. That's a really brave move to before you're revealed that this character is two characters. Have frames present where if someone freeze frames, they can tell. Yeah, that like this is the that. Case. I honestly had no idea that was in there. That's super cool. Like for me, the only like the most obvious hint that I remember there being is Garnet's room opens with two different gems. And when I was watching that and I knew, I was kind of like, ah, so there, there it is. Yeah. That's the clue. So I'm trying to load the image up so that I can show you it in a sec. You might have to like <laughs> lean over I to can, see. I can load it. I've got my phone in, in uh, airplane mode because um, out of paranoia of causing microphone yeah. issues. No, I'm, I'm having a look uh, at it. It is totally... Can you see... I, it's loading right... Oh, oh, yeah. It's absolutely them. So apparently you can find this image on the, uh, the Fusion Cuisine episode... Um, Wikia page mm, um, mm. but that is very clearly two different gems who've separated apart and are having to come back together yeah because you can see like with Pearl and Amethyst that that's, yeah. that is their shape and then when you look at Garnet that's clearly not Garnet that's, that's a really it. brave choice to do that and I, I am curious when it aired did people work it out then yeah, I'm not like, sure. I've watched that episode so many times, I never noticed no, anything was odd. I never did. Like, so, if we were as cool as Terence, maybe yeah, we wouldn't know. if we known, were as cool but... as Terence Granger, the coolest Terence, maybe we would know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, thank you, Terence. Thank you, Terence Granger, the coolest Terence that ever lived. Next email. Uh, next email is from Missy Curtis, and it's an email about Blue Diamond, and I'm going to suggest we leave that one for the next mailbag yeah i like this email but i agree i think we need to kind of gather up all the diamond maybe at some point we do a diamond mailbag yeah for some strange reason my mind thought you could say diamonds are forever and just break into song (laughs) diamonds are forever no not right now and that's nothing like how the song sounds i'm aware it's, it's near enough. It wasn't a million miles away. <laughs> so I wanted to acknowledge it just to say, Missy, we got your email. We will get to it when mm-hmm. we do the diamond mm-hmm. discussion. Um, next one we have... Oh, I like this one. I've been waiting to talk okay, about this I'm email. Okay, I'm excited now. This one is from Chris Bishop. Uh, Greetings, Clods. The other day I found this sign behind a gas station. Um, now, for anyone who can't see this because they can't see the email... It is a hazardous waste storage area sign. Um, in case it's hard to read, it says hazardous waste storage area, and it looks very similar to a certain Homeworld emblem. And it's oh, been pointed okay. out that this hazardous sto- waste storage area sign is four diamonds made into a larger diamond by like putting them in a diamond shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are white, red, yellow, and blue. Which is okay. pretty close to white, pink, yellow, yeah, it's near enough. Okay, it's basically the same as the diamond authority symbol, but f- rotated 180 degrees. It's the oh, other way up. Okay. Um. So, they yeah. In if you were to rotate it, it and use pastel colors, it becomes the same. The homeworld crest. The question that they've mentioned here is, I have no idea if it means anything, but it was too weird not to share. Theorise away if you would like on whether this has a deliberate meaning to the show or it's an odd coincidence. So I'm going to quickly Google this because I forgot to do this before we recorded. I may need you to vamp for a second okay, here. Because I want to look up the meanings of the different triangles on that sign to see if that yes. maybe means something. Okay, sure. 
Um, I have this email up. However, due to the way the email forwarding works on my account, I cannot see the images. So I'm not sure what we're talking about. Um, but I'm sure they look very interesting. It is It is like the Diamond Authority Diamond, four diamonds made out of diamonds. Yeah. But... Oh, I've got it. Never mind. I've got yeah. it. <laughs> so I'm trying to work out how best to... Um, hazardous... Yeah, so to people listening, like this is like an official hazardous waste sign. I assume this is what's actually used by... Oh, oh! I have an explanation of what the things on this mean. Okay, cool. Um, so this, is, this sign is something called the NFPA rating guide. Okay. Um, the four sections each mean different things. Uh, white, uh, sorry, I'll get to white last. Uh, blue is a health hazard, okay. which may be a thing. Red is, f- uh, well, blue is health, sadness, etc. maybe. Red is flammability. Okay. Because that's the one that died. Um, yellow is instability hazard. That works. Yellow potentially being unstable. Yellow seems to okay. have an anger um, problem. Actually, right? I'm going to read some of the, the more specific things, because there are numbers that can go in these diamonds okay, that mean sure. things. So, sorry. Blue health hazard. Blue. Uh, zero is no hazard. One can cause significant irritation. <laughs> uh, maybe for the blue... Uh, what was the small blue one called? Oh, oh yeah. The one with the kind of high pitch, like the, the fairy girl. Yeah, I mean. blue fairy girl. Yeah. Um, can cause temporary incapacitation or residual in, uh, injury. She incapacitated she can, people. Incapacitated she? people plus blue diamond incapacitates through tears. Yeah, that, um, that's surprisingly okay. Three. I'm, I'm becoming more invested yeah, here. Three can cause serious or permanent injury. Potentially Lapis, who is very very strong and powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Four can be lethal. That makes um, sense. Which especially okay, if the four kills. can be the four can be lethal. Maybe means that blue killed pink. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there. Does the health hazard point four on the NFPA ratings guide confirm that blue diamond <laughs> killed pink diamond? <laughs> when that's revealed, you can yeah, tell everyone that we knew because we have, of the hazard. We sign. knew because of number four on the blue hazard sign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> red would be interesting because we've not really seen. We know ruby. Mm-hmm. And presumably this would also apply to Pink Diamond, who we never really saw. Yeah. Um, zero will not burn. That's definitely not Ruby. <laughs> One. Oh, God. Ruby's red. Flammability. <laughs> it's the flammability hazard. Okay. The, the oh, this, two for two so two far. Two for two so far. Uh, must be preheated before ignition can occur. Must be heated uh, to or high ambient temperature to burn. Can be ignited under almost ambient pressure. That's definitely Ruby. Mm-hmm. Uh, will vaporise and readily burn at normal temperatures. I feel like this red one is entirely about Ruby because we don't know enough about Pink Diamond to apply it to her. No. You never know, maybe Pink Diamond has an anger problem. We don't know. Maybe the vaporising is just like, oh no, you're gone. Because she's the shattered diamond. <laughs> yeah, of course. She's the one that might just evaporate down in nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, yellow, instability hazard. We've got uh, that. She, she, yellow diamond is very kind of, like, yeah. she has a temper. I'll, and... I'll have a quick look and see if there's anything else telling. Uh, normally stable, high temperatures make unstable. Violent, uh, violent chemical changes at high temperatures may explode, may explode. Okay, yeah, that might be yellow. Yeah, I could see it. Why not? Yeah, could, maybe that's evidence that, like, Yellow did it! Or that yellow will be really angry when it turns out the blue did it. Exactly. So, I don't know if we can get anything much out of white. Okay, white, what have we got for white? White is special hazard. 
This okay. one isn't a numbered grading. This is many different things that white could be. White okay. is white is special. It is many things. Don't maybe maybe that's special. Uh, maybe that's evidence. Well, it's it's evidence that white is special. Maybe it's evidence of fusion. Because oh, it's multiple maybe. things at once. Oh, can you imagine? White can stand for multiple things. <laughs> can you imagine if white diamond was a fusion? I. That this is a theory cool. that's gone around for a while. Yeah. My reason for not thinking it is because we don't have pink diamond, therefore can how would white you show diamond. white diamond? That's that's the thing why I've, I've always thought that but, white diamond is not a fusion of the other diamonds. But it would be so cool if yeah. it was. Um, so, explosive with water and oxidising. Um, reacts violently or explosively with water, radioactive, oxidizing, corrosive, acidic, alkaline. You know what we can take away from that? White. Is it white's relation to blue? No, white is very dangerous. Yeah, there you go. White then. is incredibly dangerous in many different ways. Right, we've got some new information from Thank that. Thank you. We have cracked the code of the NFPA ratings guide. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you very much, um, Chris. Thank you. Also, sneezing. I, I think maybe we went a bit too Ronaldo on that theory. No, but... I think we went perfect on that theory. Okay, cool. Sure. <laughs> and this is where we have to start working out, like, oh, it's rotated 180 degrees. What does so that does, mean? What does that mean? Who's really in charge? Is White Diamond really on the bottom? Is White well, Diamond no, because White, White is on the top of the Homeworld Authority, yes. but on the bottom of this sign. So, so maybe they were at the bottom and they... They worked their, their way, way up, up to the top. They had to push down Pink Diamond to get there. Maybe White Diamond killed yeah. Pink Diamond to as- ascend to the top so, of the diamond. Hasn't this had a, has a theory implied that every single diamond... <laughs> every single diamond killed Pink Diamond? They all worked together, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that it implies that every one of them killed Pink Diamond because now no matter which diamond did it, the the guide explained it. Yeah, there we go. The guide can't be wrong. Yeah. Um, Pedro Garcia Huidbero um, has sent a piece of fan art that I've not acknowledged that we need to use. Oh, which is, is this? So yeah, um, they after episode fourteen, they basically took the Crystal Clodcast uh, episode of art we normally use. They put sunglasses on all of us. And they put, did. I forgot yeah. about that. We are the cool Crystal Clodcast. Yeah. See, that's that's how we give out coolness. Yeah. Because we're the cool Crystal Clodcast. So with this sunglasses. is this is another one of the ones that I haven't done anything with on Twitter, and I need to do so. Yeah. I it was in the emails. I was like, I will do something with it, and I hadn't done. Yeah. So. It, it deserves it. We need to yes. do something with it. Uh, was there anything more on the question? Um, question too. Yeah, I don't really know how to draw, so I put some sunglasses on your logo. I hope you like it. It's yes. fantastic. We forgot it was here, and 100%. it's fantastic. Um, question. We know that in the show there can be long-term unexpected consequences. Do you expect a follow-up on, on Peridot calling Yellow Diamond a clod? I think not. Because I think that's the point of the baseball episode, is that Peridot thinks what she has done justifies this really big reaction and all oh, the rubies are coming for me. And I think the kind of joke there is actually Yellow Diamond is just kind of like, meh. Uh, the other question they have is, what is your favourite Peridot moment or joke or episode? Oh gosh, that is yeah. a difficult question. It's a very difficult one. Um, uh, <laughs> I think, honestly, it's the um, Log Day episode. I think it's her watching um, Camp Pining Hearts. Oh, gosh, yes. I th- Where she puts together her theory that explains <laughs> who is who. Mm-hmm. Blue Diamond and Yellow Diamond are in Camp Pining Hearts, confirmed. Like her, her kind of, like, paradox being revealed as the kind of 
mega fangirl, I think is my favourite moment. I think my favourite Peridot moment is the one where she's... we. Was this in the episodes we're talking about next uh, next time, or the ones we've just talked about? The Lapis, trying to win Lapis over. That was what we have talked about. Okay, it's fine. So, the episode, A Barn Mates. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, that was last time, I think. Yeah, it was the week of Peridot. Yes. Um, so, in Barn Mates, it's that scene where Peridot very sincerely explains why she's giving Lapis the, uh, the tape recorder. Mm-hmm. Um... Lapis's response, and then Peridot just being like, look, I'll, I'll go, I'm sorry, I tried to help, but I get it, I was horrible and terrible to mm-hmm. you, and I will go. And I thought that exchange was rather sweet and beautiful, and I love that it's then, all of its tension is undone with this sudden, oh god, everything's going wrong! <laughs> yeah, she was running back up the hill towards yes. him, yeah. I, I thought it was a perfect thing of, like, sincere moment, very sweet, sincere, understanding response... And then breaking of the comedic ten, like comedically breaking yeah. the tension. Yeah, that is a great it's, moment. I really like that combination of things. That's cool. That was a more thoughtful answer than mine. The log date one is pretty great. Yeah. Oh, actually, I like the one where her and Lapis make meat morphs. <gasps> meat morphs is a good one. Oh my too. god, why are we calling them fan hearts? They should be fan meat morphs. <gasps> meat morphs. Okay. Ask for meat morphs. Oh, okay. That's okay. A good idea. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> th- we will talk about meat morphs in a bit. So, yes. um, right. Let me go to the next email. We've got a bunch to get through. Actually, we've only got like uh, six more, so... Okay, we are getting up to date then. That's cool. Okay, there is one that is about the roles in the Diamond Authority from 3D Tony. And I'm going to suggest we leave that one for now. Yeah. Um, It is a big getting into the diamonds thing that... Like, it's not as simple as, like, hey, let's make silly jokes about hazard signs. Yeah, so, I, I remember. It's a good email. Like, yeah. Thank you for getting to 3D us. Tony, we will talk about your email. It's coming up. We want to give it some time in the Diamond episode. Yeah. Um, but just letting you know, we got it, and we're going to talk about it soon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Colin Cook's got an email about the Diamonds again. I'm just seeing if this is one we do today, or we do in the big one. It's, it's another one about the diamond trial. I vote we leave yeah, this for the diamond I, episode. I remember that one. So, Colin Cook, we got your email and we're going to talk about it soon. I don't know whether this is a good idea acknowledging people's <laughs> emails that we're going to talk about. Like, this is the segment of the show where we just read out people's names. Yeah. People's <laughs> names who will turn up in later episodes. Get excited, you guys. It's, it's like future vision, that's right. We're giving you future vision. Yeah. You can see what emails we're going to talk about, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, oh, John Bundy's got an email. Hello, Crystal Clods. Uh, just been listening to the latest episode after marathoning them for the last couple of weeks. Wouldn't Craig's age be the following? He was 22 when he met Rose, and Sour Cream was conceived, so wouldn't his age be 22, plus Sour Cream's age, plus nine months? I will not argue with that. That that's is a very re- sensible, that's reasonable very reasonable logic. So, 22 plus Sour Cream... Sour cream's age plus nine months. That sounds right. Yeah. There you go. That's maths. Well done. That's, like <laughs> that means probably forty-ish off the ish, top of my yeah. head. I've gone on record before as not liking numbers. I'm not going to try and do anything with them right now. Uh, what? Yeah, thank you for that information. That that makes a lot of sense. I remember reading that and thinking, yeah, that yes. That's it. Uh, next email we have is from Rob. Hello, Rob. Um. First of all, love the podcast. It motivates me to really watch the show and catch up as my streaming service stopped at season three, which is a shame because we're on season five. 
In terms of Yellowtail, I believe his words are his actual language. In Drop Beat Dad, which we're going to talk about next week, we mm-hmm. have watched, um, Sour Cream speaks like Yellowtail in his frustration with Marty briefly. Marty reacts angrily as if he understood what was actually said. Marty hasn't been around since Sour Cream was a kid. So that does lean, lend some credence to yeah. this is a language that Marty maybe didn't pick up from being around Yellowtail. If I remember right, the straight after this bit, um, Sour Cream says what he had just said, as if he was saying words, yeah. not just making noises. So I, yeah. I agree. I do think it's I, I think it's a language, but again, still I like the theories of it being like, it is English, but tough to understand, yeah. possibly because deaf, because non-verbal character be plays cool. into like, or not very, not very verbal character, which then pans into Onion being kind of non-verbal, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Vidali being able to understand them because she's grown up with them, except, like lived with them, yeah. etc. There's it's... some stuff that can play into that, but. Yeah. Um, Yellowtail later says a joke to Sour Cream that we don't understand, but clearly Sour Cream does, and they mm-hmm. bond over it. Um, in Onion and Friends, Onion does briefly speak, much like his biological father. Also, Sour Cream and... Okay, some things that have not necessarily been pointed out. Sour Cream and Onion. That is like <laughs> a flavour combination. Yeah, I will um, admit to have, have not really clicked. Like, yeah. I knew they're obviously related, so, but... there's Sour Cream and Onion... But also, Vidalia is a type of onion, and Yellowtail is a type of fish, because he's a fisherman. Yeah. Um, so, Rob also has a theory about what happened to Pink Diamond, and <laughs> I am going to say we're going to come back to that email, yeah, Rob. Yeah, that's, that's We're going to talk about your email again when we get to the Diamonds one. I feel really bad. Half the stuff people want us to talk about <laughs> is the Diamonds. and There's we, fan demand, I think. There is fan demand. We maybe need to make the next... Next time we do a mailbag, we'll do all the, the diamond, diamond stuff then. Yeah, good idea. We'll, we'll very much label it this is the diamond discussion episode so that people who are up to date and want that diamond discussion can get it all in one go without missing any yeah. other discussion. Yeah, we can say this is a high spoiler episode. Yeah. So we'll do it that way. We'll, we'll put the diamond questions as our next mm-hmm. Pod, uh, mm-hmm. mailbag. That sounds good to me. Um, let's have a look. What other ones do we have? Okay, next email up is from Alexis Sergio. Alexis is very cool. I know Alexis. Hello, Alexis. Hooray, we interact sometimes on Twitter. (laughs) Um, I figured I would email you all these thoughts instead of tweeting them since it was a bit longer. The gems are always rushing into fight, but I think it's not that they've never shown empathy, but in cases that they're presented... uh, In their experience, they have no alternative options. I think that's a very fair assessment on the gems. Mm -hmm. It's not that they don't feel empathy when they attack things, but it's that because they were in a war, that's their default response is, ah, danger, attack, fight, Yeah, war. because we have been perhaps a little bit harsh on gems a lot of the time. Um, I, I, we're very forgiving on Stephen being like, Stephen's the pacifist. <laughs> Stephen didn't have to fight in a war. It's a good point. Um, um, when Homeworld attacks, there is no talking to them. Um... You know, they were in a war for thousands of years, they wanted to kill them, they corrupted all their friends, they shattered many of them and fused them together. It's not as easy as it is for Stephen, who's got no previous baggage with Homeworld. Clearly they are, um, they're mostly from Homeworld, rebels, um, you know, they're used to being presented with attackers and having to be on the defensive. With Corrupted Gems, 
Um, Alexa sees them like zombies. Uh, they were their friends being turned into monsters with no control over themselves. Even if they could get some control themselves, they, would they want to even exist like that? Bubbling seems like the kind of thing to do to them, since there's no hope of healing them, and Rose tried, and she had masterful healing, and even she couldn't heal corrupted gems. And that's, I think, where a lot of it comes down to is, my friends are zombies, they are suffering, I cannot fix them. Putting them out of their misery is the kind of thing to do. I had never thought of them as actually being zombies. Like, obviously, the yeah. Nightmare Hospital episode uses a lot of kind of zombie iconography yeah. for the um, gem mutants. But thinking of them as kind of zombified versions of your friends... Your friends reanimated, yeah, that but act- mindless. That yeah. actually kind of makes a lot of sense to me. And, like, that makes me understand it a bit more. Yeah, like, but it makes it all the sadder when you realise, like, they've been treating them like zombies... But they're still in there. Yeah. As we love with, like, Centipetal as a great example. Yeah, that's true. Clearly still in there somewhere. Or with the the cluster. The cluster bubbled itself. That's true. Like, they're not as zombie-like as we necessarily lead them to believe, but I I can understand why the gems took that stance and treated them as they seem on the surface to be mindless. They are our friends reanimated. Yeah the kindest thing to do is to take them down. Because it reminds me of Garnet's reaction to the um, fusion experiments. Because she reacts, like she recognises them in a very kind of like, oh, this is where you all were. In the sense that I think she's seeing them as kind of like, you're all dead, but this is where your corpses were, for lack of a better word. Like your gems are here, meshed together. And I can definitely see that playing into her wanting to bubble them because obviously you don't want your friends to exist like that like it's like they're already gone you've already mourned them but they're still kind of like bits of them are still around kind of animated so I can understand that mindset of seeing them as zombies in that context yeah that's that's fair um so I'm gonna leave it there on the emails for today um I think we we got through plenty I think yeah and we can come back to them uh, I'm just going to have... Can you do a vamp for me for a second so I can see if there's any good tweets that we need to make okay, sure we mention sure. before we finish so up? So if you want to be on the next Mailbag episode, the email address is hello at crystalcloudcast.com. If you send an email to that address, it sends a copy to all three of us, so all three of us get to read it. We do read every single email that comes in, even though it sometimes may take us quite a while to get to them. You can also tweet us at crystalcloudcast. And we also have Twitter accounts, which I'm sure you can see. And if you check who the Crystal Cloudcast account is following, that's how you can find our accounts. Yeah. Uh, so some things we need to mention very quickly going through the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Joey Hamilton pointed out, um, what can I do for you? We credited to Garnet's voice actor. It was uh, Rose's voice actor, Susan Egan. Um, that was my bad person as an individual. The lyrics page I was looking at credited... Rose's singing lines to Garnet's voice oh, actor, yeah. as opposed to it made the lyrics page made it look like Rose's voice actor did the speaking, Garnet's did the singing. Yeah, I didn't think any more of it and took it as fact. That's my bad. I went off a dodgy lyrics page. Yeah. Um, so sorry for not giving proper credit to Susan Egan. Um, what other ones do we have? Um, yeah, no. So Joey Hamilton is the person who brought up. 
the onion is yellow diamond was a theory oh, for a yeah, while. Oh, yeah, thank you, Joey. That was cool. Yeah. A uh, popular jokey theory around the time of Onion Friend, his birth video um, was seen in the Steven Universe Reddit as a direct debunking of that theory. Um, people thought Onion had a gem inside his mouth. I could kind of see people. It's why he's not that. verbal to not show you the. the <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're, they're trying to hide the gem inside. That's the reason yeah. he never speaks. Uh, a Dobson, A Dobson comics uh, on Twitter. Andrew Dobson points out um, Stephen complains about peeing outside because in the Motel episode, Sapphire made him pee outside by freezing the toilet. That's what we missed about the yeah, peeing out. We did to, miss that. Him having to constantly pee outside mm-hmm. was a reference <laughs> to Sapphire. It's a good callback. I completely missed that. Um, if you look back on the Crystal Clodcast Twitter account. Um, Flutterfishy has uh, tweeted us something that we retweeted, and it's a big long link that I suggest people go read. Who did Pearl belong to? And it is a Tumblr post that they, that futurefishy.tumblr.com wrote the post, but you can find it through our Twitter probably most easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a bunch of evidence that Pearl belonged to White Diamond. Oh, I remember reading this. this yeah, is a really I, good post. I read it, and it's a very well put together post. Um, it, it's a few weeks back, um, but go scroll back on our Twitter and you'll see it. And yeah. It's pretty... It's worth reading. We don't tweet too much from that account. It's not too hard to find anything if you scroll no. enough. It's, we retweet some stuff and we tweet out, like, the episodes <laughs> and we retweet fan art. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's it. That's most of the, the big tweet things since uh, last podcast because we set up the email address so everyone just went to... <laughs> I'll do this ...sending things there. So... I think that's it for this mailbag. Yeah, that, I, I was about to be like, that's all I had for this episode. But we didn't talk about an episode, so that'll be why. It's all I had for this episode of the Clodcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. This one was slightly a little all over the place. We didn't plan for a mailbag episode, and as such, there was some me jumping into big lengthy emails I hadn't prepared for. And a bit of me just being a bit all over the place today, but I hope you still enjoyed it. It's fine. I think we pulled together a decent show in the end. Hooray! This you you, you might you would have had nothing this week yeah. otherwise. So be glad. Yeah, be grateful. So if you listened, <laughs> if you listened this long, should we do the thing? The thing. Yes. Oh, I forgot we teased the thing. We teased the thing. So we're gonna do something and. We're going to have to wait until after we record next podcast before we can action on this because yeah. we're going to need these things still to do that. I think that will work out well because it gives us more time for the thing. Okay, so um, I need to double check dates to do this. We're going to be doing a competition. <gasps> I've never done a competition before. Yeah, so we're going to do a competition and the prize we're going to give away is... My Clodcast notebook for the first how many episodes? Let's find out. Uh, the first 88 episodes of the Crystal Clodcast are all in a notebook that has a Crystal Clod sticker and a dabbing Stavoni on the front. And it's all just the original notes that I've made while watching episodes. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned before, haven't we? Like, we watch the episodes, and as we watch, we all each individually make notes. So I make notes on my phone. Yeah. So unfortunately, I can't do anything with my phone. <laughs> But no. you make notes and in the Retta makes some physical notes as well. They're not all in one book, but she has a lot of her physical yeah. notes together. And we're going to give away my first Clodcast notebook and a bunch of Retta's physical notes. It's just like, a, here, mm-hmm. here's the thing we used to make the show. Yep. Um, and the idea we had is we're going to do a meat warp competition. <laughs> um, here's the basic idea. We're going to take any anyone who sends us 
Clodcast meet morps. Uh, that can be, you know, physical art. It could be a poem you wrote about us. It could be a jingle you made. Whatever it is, whatever thing you want to do, send it to us either on Twitter at Crystal Clodcast or by email to hello at crystalclodcast.com by, let's say, 9am on July the 9th. We'll do okay. two weeks. Should we July. do two weeks? Because then I'll be done with this notebook. That makes sense. I'm down for two weeks, maybe a bit more, so, if we want to give people time. Like, I, we should have really planned this. We, okay, I've said it now. So July the 9th. <laughs> it's two weeks, yeah. 9am UK, UK, July the 9th. We will collect all of them up, including the people who already sent us fan creations. I'm going to dig back yeah, and make sure well, we, we put them in as I well. I think so that's fair. If you've done fan art or jingles, etc. already, we will we will put those in. We will do a random number generator, and we will pick a winner. And we'll let you know by whichever method you contacted us. We will sort sending them out, and we will send you podcast physical notes that we made the show using. So, just to be clear, are we opening this to international anywhere in the world? I'm going to open it to international. I, it it yeah, may be good. slow to get to you, because I will take the cheapest shipping option <laughs> if you are... If you were on the other side of the world, I will use a cheap shipping option, and it may take a while to get yeah, to you. I, but I'm sorry, but we are all kind of broke. We're so. all kind of broke, but point being... We will send it anywhere in the yeah. world. We'll like, think, we'll if it's a notebook and a stack of paper, it's not going to be the end of the world no. to post. I, I will find the money somewhere to do it. So, yeah. international competition. Yeah, meat Morp. Meat Morp. <laughs> so, if you want to make some Meat Morps, you might win some notebooks that we made physical notes in. And you can look and be like, oh god, you, you make really like convoluted, disorganised notes. And we'll just <laughs> say, I'm sorry, but they're your problem now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do do whatever you want with them. We don't care. Yeah, you can you can just show the internet how terrible our notes are if you want. Yeah, that's yeah, just... that's up to you. <laughs> yeah. So we decided to do it on a random number generator because we we didn't... don't want this to be like the best. Yeah, we and don't... also like how do you measure if someone does like a song? How do you measure a song against a picture? Yeah. And... How do you measure like a a haiku <laughs> versus a fan fiction yeah i like the idea of basically being whatever your thing is whatever you're good at whatever you like yeah. doing like even if you don't think you're good at it just try it anyway like just join in yeah like do do a thing even if it's stick figures we will throw you in the pile <laughs> like course. do just... a thing make a meat more yeah get <laughs> meat more thing <laughs> any meat more will do um i will probably also mention this on twitter because this is a non-standard episode that we left it right until the very end to acknowledge, so not everyone will have gotten to yeah, this Yeah, we've made sure, like, the least possible people will I'll mention this. it on Twitter as well. I'll be nice. <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah, so that's it. Do we want to do self-promotion? I think we should do self-promotion. Where are you I've on already, the internet? <laughs> I've already said it this episode, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I have a Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash MiaViolet. I have started doing video blogs, so there's actual Ooh. decent exclusive content to giving me anything on Patreon whatsoever. Like, just a dollar will get you access to the video blogs. That's fine. Um, every amount of money helps, and I really appreciate everyone who has given me um, money. So, thank you. Also, you can find me on Twitter at OhMiaGod. I'm quite chatty. I'm on Twitter very often, so please follow me and let's talk about Steven Universe or just about anything, because I tweet about just about everything. Woo! You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. That's literally all you need to know. Thank you very much for listening. We'll have another episode for you again next week. Bye.